Hey everybody, Ron Russell right here from PTC Ministries. Won't you come go with us today as we get into the Word? I believe the Lord is going to speak to your heart, and I'll come back and greet you at the end. And I'm just going to give you one verse to begin, and I'm going to give you several if the Holy Spirit leads in this direction. What I'm getting ready to deliver from this platform tonight could very well be the most important message that you ever hear. Not because I'm preaching it, but because I believe that you're here by God's design right now in this very moment because he wants to speak to you. Whether you're in this building or whether you're on the internet tonight or you'll watch this later at some point, I do not believe it's by accident, but I do believe it's by God's design because there is, there is a wave of healing that's getting ready to come into this room. I've walked through a bunch of stuff to be here tonight, but we're here. We give God the praise and the glory for it. But in Jeremiah chapter number 30, verse number 17, we're going to begin. And I declare to you, you will not leave different, you will leave differently than when you came. You will not leave the same. Some of you have fought and carried things not for a week, but for years. And today's the day. It doesn't matter that the house isn't full. It doesn't matter that maybe things aren't perfect in the manner that you think they should be. But tonight I can tell you that the Holy Ghost is in this room. And I knew he was going to be here today. And I've labored and I believe that my labor will not be in vain because God is getting ready to get glory in the lives of those of you that is under this voice of this minister tonight. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse number 17, for I will restore health unto thee and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Allow me to read it again. Jeremiah the prophet is speaking on behalf of God himself. And he says, For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds. For a few moments tonight, I want to talk to you. And I want to bring revelation to you. about open wounds and devastated lives. And I'm going to ask for your undivided attention. And you do not allow anything to distract you from what God's getting ready to speak into the atmosphere through this servant tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. 
Now, Father, we yield ourselves to you for you to speak as you see. I speak to any demonic thing that would try to hinder your people from hearing what you're wanting them to hear tonight. And Lord, I thank you for the healing that's getting ready to begin to take place while this word is going forth. We're not waiting till the very end, but Lord, as they begin to hear this word, they're going to begin to be healed in their body, in their spirit, in their mind, in their emotion, because you're still God. And Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. I am very much aware that this passage of Scripture is talking and dealing with Jerusalem, the children of God. We understand that this is applicable, however, to you and I as men and women of faith. I recently heard a minister share a story, a very tragic story concerning his son. Just a little better than nine years ago, his son lost his life after battling for years all sorts of depression. This young man was raised in the house of God. His father, a minister and very successful. They took him to the best medical professionals they could find. They took him to countless prayer meetings and prayer lines. They prayed the prayer of healing over him and tragically one day after years of this behavior as a young man he came in and sat down with his father and he said I've come to the conclusion that God's just not going to heal me and I don't know why. His father said Son, I don't understand why things have not changed for you. However, we will continue to pray and we will continue to believe that God is more than able. Unfortunately, after having dinner with his parents, a short 24 hours later, he took his life and this minister watched them carry his son from his home. Tragic story. This minister said something that stuck with me. He said, if you live for any amount of time whatsoever in this life, you will experience and you will have pain. But he says, what I have learned Nine years later is this, that you cannot afford to waste your pain. You and I today must understand that all of us in this room probably has experienced some level of pain in our life. And while we could say that's somewhat normal because of the fallen world that we live in, I want us to understand that experiencing pain is one thing, but living with an open womb is something totally different, and it cannot continue. We are dealing with a generation that is 
in great distress, not just beyond the walls of the church, but within the walls of the church. They're faithful to the house of God week in and week out. And I'm not talking about just 20-year-olds, but I'm talking about 50-year-olds and even 70-year-old men and women. They are in a place of great concern tonight. Wounds are simply the results, if we want to give it from a natural point of view, for us to have an understanding of what we're really talking about tonight. Wounds are the result from a blunt impact that tears or ruptures tissues in the body. And can I tell you that when a wound goes untreated, it becomes the source of many types of different types of infections that leads to all types of sickness and disease. When a wound goes untreated and people begin to try to brush it off or to cover it up and say, well, it doesn't really hurt me in that manner, just quite that bad. And they choose to not deal with it. Infection begins, and it may begin very small, but it begins to fester, and it begins to grow, and it begins to then take us into a realm of sickness, takes us into a place where we are diseased. I currently, as well as many of you in this room, are aware, and we are witnessing a society today that is emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually very sick. Due to the events that has brought about this sickness in individuals, not only are we dealing with the sickness, but we are dealing with open wounds that have never been addressed, or if they was addressed, they was not addressed properly. If wounds go untreated, they become dangerous to the very existence of an individual. Luke chapter number 10, if you were to read in your Bible, you will find the story that we refer to as the Good Samaritan. He came upon the man that had been beaten very badly and others had walked by him and walked to the other side of the road. But the Good Samaritan immediately upon arriving and he looked at him, you find in verse 34 of that chapter, it says this, that he bound up his wounds because he knew this, if I don't treat the wounds, then I can't save his life. And you'll find that he bound his wounds, put him on his beast, and took him so he could get the proper care. It is not your responsibility nor mine to heal anybody, but it is our responsibility to help bind up the wounds. The good Samaritan did what was in his ability to do to bind up the wound, to keep it protected and to keep it from getting infected. And therefore, but then he took him to the place where he could receive the care that he needed. Can I tell you, I can't heal anybody, but I can take them to the healer. I can't deliver anybody, but I can take them to the deliverer. Please hear me today. I'm not here to make light of the sickness or the wound, but I am here, however, to tell you that there is a remedy for that which ails us. Jesus Christ is still the answer. Notice with me in Psalms 147, verse number 3. It says, He healeth the broken in heart, and he bindeth up thy wounds, or binds up their wounds. But he does not stop there. The psalmist also wrote in Psalms 107, and verse number 20, Because the question is asked, how does he do that? Is because it says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. 
May I remind you the word is simply this. In John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Jesus Christ is the word. It is not enough for you and I just to acknowledge him. We must allow him to dwell with us and in us. You say, why is it so important? Please hear me. Acts chapter 2, verse 21. It says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is really a reference to what the prophet Joel spoke in Joel chapter 2. However, Joel said it a little bit differently. When you read it in chapter number 2 of, in verse 32 of the book of Joel, it says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Prophet Isaiah wrote a very profound, powerful prophetic statement that brings about a point that in the future there would be something that happens that would change humanity forever. Now, before I go any further tonight, let me take us on a little journey that all of us are familiar with, but let me revisit it with you. Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 26 and verse number 28. I believe they can put that on the screen for us this evening. We find that the word of the Lord is as this follows. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Can I tell you, man was made in the likeness and the image of God. When you look at Adam and you look at Eve, there was something unique about them. I want to help give us a visual tonight for a few moments before I go any further. If I could get my brother to help me for a moment tonight. You see, when Adam and Eve was created, they was created in the likeness and the image of God. And how many knows this? God is holy. He is pure. And therefore, when he created man out of the dust of the earth and gave him an identity, he clothed him in a place of purity, in a place of holiness. And therefore, when man was visible, it was a reflection of the garments of the Lord. Sorry, I didn't mean to knock you out there. But he had on the image of God himself. We know the story that he saw that it was not good for Adam to be alone. So therefore, he put Adam to sleep and took a rib from his side and made Eve. And then he put them in the garden called Eden. And he gave them a commission. And he said, I want you to care for it, dress it. I want you to just make sure everything is. But by the way, I want you to multiply. And I want you to replenish. And I want you to subdue. I want you to take and operate in the realm of authority that I've given you. Because you are created in my likeness. Think about the power and the authority that this man had. Think about the power and the authority and the ability that Eve had. 
They wasn't clothed in the manner that you and I are clothed in today. They did not know sin. They was put in a place where Christ's likeness was upon them. Notice it says, I want you to have the ability and operate in a manner where you can subdue everything that was moving upon the earth. You had the power. You was able to operate in dominion. But how many has read their Bible and knows that Genesis chapter 3, something changed? And in Genesis chapter number 3, we know this, that Eve began to entertain the serpent in a manner that she should have never had conversation with. And because of the events that unfolded in your Bible in Genesis chapter 3, this garment that man was given became defiled and therefore it was removed from them. And the man that did not know sin, the man that did not know good and evil, the man that was not exposed to the sinful things, all of a sudden loses that garment. In the cool of the day, the Lord says, Adam, where are you? And he says, I hid myself because I was afraid. Well, why are you afraid? He says, have you partaken of the tree that she was commissioned not to touch? And because of that, we know this, something transpired. We find when you read a little further in chapter number three that Jesus, God himself, we find takes some skins of animals and places upon them and removes them from the garden. However, those blood-stained skins was not able to bring purity to them. It was only able to cover the sin for a season. And because of that, men began to have another garment. And the garment that they began to wear began to be a garment that was different than the first one. And now sin is present in humanity. And now man has become available to all sorts of wounds. If we live for any amount of time at all, we have saw the curse of sin. Because of sin today, we deal with these types of wounds, and these are just a few. Those in the youngest of form. Innocent children are now abused in all types of ways. We find that men and women have been neglected by the very ones that's closest to them. We find over here that there is those that have been betrayed in all manners that we could speak of. Throughout the ages, sickness has become part of the norm because of where we are. Look at sickness that we deal with today. Cancer and heart disease and that's just a few things that we're dealing with today. And then we deal with self-worth because the enemy comes along and sits on the shoulders of humanity and tells them, you're not pretty enough or you're not smart enough. You're not intelligent. Look, uh, you don't have what they have. If, if you was a little better, then you would be a little bit more blessed. And all of this self-worth is all there and it's something that comes on. But then we find that then there's an event, an uh, unexpected event of all sorts of things we could talk about that brings trauma to humanity. Uh, the mind now is 
distorted. Uh, right is not no longer right, but wrong is now right. And up is down and down is up. Black is white and white is black. And then we talk about childhood, uh, how things uh, have happened in our childhoods that nobody ever has given voice to because while they was innocent, somebody said, if you tell anybody, uh, I'll tell them it was your fault. And now we're dealing with that wound as well. Uh, we find that death comes in all sorts of ways. Unexpected, it brings trauma to our lives. Uh, and we have a wound, but yet we're super spiritual and we can't show no weakness uh, we gotta be strong and, and, and we can't let anybody know how we really feel and then we have family hurts and then we have church hurts all of these presides uh, and brings wounds uh, into our lives but we find from Genesis chapter 3 in the time of Adam there's a span of about 4,000 years that when men would begin to experience sin and they'd begin to experience some of these types of things that was going on in all men and in all different ways, we know for a many, many, many years there was sacrifices of bulls and goats and all of these things that would transpire. And then we can go into the day of when Aaron and his sons was operating in the priestly manner that they was. And they would go in at the day of atonement and they would go in and they'd make sure everything was prepared but there was a sacrifice that was made and what would happen on that particular day would be this uh, there would be sacrifice there would be blood sprinkled and all of that but all that would do was simply cover this uh, and you couldn't see it for a moment uh, but yet next year at the same time we'd have to come back and do it all again and it was never able to deliver us from this uh, it could only cover it. Uh, and can I tell you today, there is men and women in the year 2023, uh, they still have the mindset, well, God saved me, uh, but now I just have to, now his blood's just covering me. Uh, but I got to tell somebody today that's alive from the pits of hell. Uh, because can I tell you, there was something different uh, about the sacrifice of the spotless Lamb of God. Uh, can I tell you today, uh, no longer uh, is these things covered. Uh, but can I tell you, Isaiah caught a glimpse of this. Uh, he simply said this. Uh, he said, there's coming a day in the future. Uh, he said, uh, I want you to hear me tonight. Isaiah 53 uh, verses 1 through 5. Uh, it says, who hath believed our report? Uh, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Uh, for he shall grow up before us uh, as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Uh, however, he says, uh, he is despised and rejected of men, uh, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, uh, and we hid as it were our faces from him. Uh, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Uh, surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Uh, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, uh, and afflicted. Uh, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Uh, he was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Uh, and with his stripes, uh, we are 
healed. Uh, notice Isaiah goes a little further and he says, uh, in Isaiah 61, uh, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me uh, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Uh, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives uh, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord uh, and the day of vengeance of our God, uh, to comfort all that mourn, uh, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, uh, to give unto them beauty for ashes, uh, the oil of joy for mourning, uh, the garment of praise for their spirit of heaviness, uh, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, uh, that he might be glorified. Uh, both of these passages uh, provide us with great hope. Uh, we know that Isaiah was prophetically writing uh, about none other than the one named Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, it was clearly shown to those in Israel many years later. Uh, Jesus upon his return from 40 days in the wilderness uh, been tempted by the devil uh, come out, been powered by the spirit of God uh, after as he was just beginning his earthly ministry. Uh, he comes back to Nazareth where he had been brought up in Luke chapter number 4 uh, verse 14 through 17 uh, and he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day uh, and he stood up for to read according to their custom uh, and when he had opened the book they brought it to him uh, notice this uh, he found the place where it was written uh, he wasn't just going to read anything that day uh, but he was getting ready to make a proclamation uh, he said these people got to understand uh, that this isn't what it's all Always been. Uh, and he goes to the passage of Isaiah, and this is what he reads uh, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, uh, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Uh, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, uh, to preach deliverance to the captives, uh, and recovering of the sight to the blind, uh, to set at liberty them that are bruised, uh, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Uh, and he closed the book, uh, and he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. And all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now. With this understanding, we can stand with confidence tonight and tell you uh, and share with you today that not only can the sickness be removed, uh, but we as individuals do not have to live lives with wounds, uh, for they too can be healed. Uh, what the blood of bulls and goats could not do uh, is when Jesus came uh, and he fulfilled the will of the Father uh, and he went to Calvary uh, after he had had a crown put on his, th on his head, uh, after his back had been plowed open uh, after his side had been pierced uh, and when he gave up the ghost and simply said it is finished uh, something began to happen in the spirit realm. Uh, something began to happen that brought freedom to mankind uh, and that's why I need you to hear me tonight. Uh, some of you are walking around discouraged and down. Uh, some of you are still dealing with the things of yesterday. Uh, can I tell you uh, I'm not making light of it but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, if you're going to keep living there uh, in the time and the season we are prophetically uh, you will be squashed and be destroyed uh, but God's raising up a church that is powerful uh, and full of authority uh, and fresh anointing uh, and I gotta show you something so you can register in your mind today uh, because of Calvary uh, he simply took self-worth and removed it uh, he took that abandonment and moved it uh, the abuse he gets uh, what am I saying uh, he didn't just heal the symptoms uh, but he's removing the wounds off of humanity uh, and can I 
I tell you uh, what the enemy said was going to be the death of you? Uh, he says, because of your faith in Christ, uh, he said, I'll remove that. Uh, but not only does he remove the wounds, uh, but he says, I'm going to take this garment back off of you uh, because that's not what you're supposed to identify with. Uh, but he says, I still have a garment uh, where you can walk in power, uh, where you can walk in authority. Uh, and everything we lost in the garden, uh, we got back at Calvary. Uh, I want to tell somebody tonight, uh, it's not what the enemy says it is. Uh, but I'm here to tell you uh, that you can walk in wholeness. Uh, you can walk in power. Uh, you can walk in authority. Uh, the devil's telling you you're everything back there. Uh, but I come to tell you you're a blood-bought saint of God. Uh, and you are not just somebody. Uh, but you're somebody that's been made whole uh, through the power of the cross tonight. What do you mean, preacher? You can sit down. Thank you. With this understanding, we can stand with confidence because Paul begins to write to the church of Corinth. He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, is anybody in Christ tonight? He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Let me reread it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, some things become new. All things. If all things become new, that means this. All of these wounds, all of these wounds that is oozing in your life, that is giving sickness and disease. Because can I tell you, what you think is the issue today isn't the issue. The issue is the womb. Notice with me when Jesus was sitting on the well and the woman came and he said, will you give me a drink? She said, I don't know why you're even talking to me. But he begins to have a conversation with her. You're familiar with that conversation. He didn't deal with the present. He dealt with the womb. He understood that she was living with a man that she wasn't married to. And she, he also knew that she'd been married five times. Listen, he wasn't bringing her to a place of reproach, but he was going back to the place of the womb. He said, listen, if you knew what I had, I'd give you water that you would never thirst again. She said, how can you give me water? You don't even have anything to draw with. But he said, listen, you got to know uh, that there's something about me that nobody else knows. I can take you back to the source. Listen, he says, in me there's not just a touch, but there's complete wholeness and healing. Listen, we are, we are system, or we are, how should I say this in the right manner? We are symptoms oriented. And we're always treating symptoms. If you just keep treating symptoms, you never get to the place of wholeness. And the enemy doesn't mind if we keep treating symptoms. But I'm not dealing with symptoms, I'm dealing with the wound tonight. I'm here today to share with you that your past does not have the ability to define you unless you allow it to. 
My prayer today is for a generation to come to the understanding that Jesus Christ is still more than enough. Galatians 5 and 1 says, Stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Can I say to you tonight, in him there is safety. In him is validation. In him is guidance. In him is healing. In him is deliverance. In him is joy unspeakable and full of glory. In him is a future. In him is hope that passes anything you could ever imagine. Listen, my friend. May I remind you today of his words in John chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. What's that mean? It means this, you're going to find life if you come in and out through me. But he goes a little further and he says, The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I want to speak to somebody in this room and I'm going to slow down for a moment. Because I don't want distractions tonight. I want us to hear what God's saying. And I don't want to go too fast because we're dealing with life tonight in this room. I declare to you tonight, it's time to begin to live. You hear me tonight? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. Thanks be to God, which give us, us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. What am I saying tonight? Hear me. Open wounds, devastated lives. The enemy does not care. Please hear me. The enemy does not care if you lift your hands in worship, if you haven't treated the wound. Because his mindset is this, well, I'll live to fight another day. Please hear me. He doesn't even get too concerned if you're shouting. He doesn't even get too concerned if you're shedding a tear. Because he understands that the wound has not yet been dealt with. I am thankful for the emotions that we have. And we should be emotional when we think about the goodness of God and the power of God and all that he's done. I have no problem with that. But can I tell you, tonight, whatsoever is born of God is much differently than that which is born of the world. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So how do I overcome? By simply putting my faith and trust in the Lord. Our faith is what produces the victory. Because how many knows that the, it isn't until we come to the knowledge of the truth and that we begin to impart that into our lives that it really brings about a freedom to us. 
The truth always is Jesus is not changing just because we may believe something differently. He is established. He is a God that does not change. Can I tell you tonight, we must return to a place in which we lay everything once again at the foot of the cross. Every hurt, every disappointment, every unknown that is pushing and pressing us downward, you must reposition yourself and get your eyes on Jesus. I'm going to begin to bring this to a close this evening. But allow me to give you a reminder of what Matthew chapter 11 says. Verse 28 through verse number 30. The words of Christ says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can I give you this this evening? John 16 and 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now what's all of this really mean? Tonight, I can tell you that there's a society around us. There's church houses filled with people all around us. And if we could see as God sees, we would not see them in their pretty dress and their three-piece suit. We would see wounds. And I've often thought about how, how does he process that, been God? How does he process the fact that he sent his only begotten son? That whosoever would believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. We can deal with the salvation side, but we get really hung up when it starts coming to talking about healing because people say, well, but you just don't know. Listen, I'm not putting any limits on God. I'm going to tell you, he's a big, big God. And he is more than able to do what needs to be done in your life. But here's the problem. If you have a womb, you have to become willing to allow somebody to dress it for you. One of the things that you have to be so careful about, especially in elderly people, when they get towards the end of their life and they become a little bedridden and they've lost a lot of weight and those types of things, you have to always guard against the wound. You can sustain their life. You can help them. You can keep them comfortable. But the thing is, and medical professionals will tell you this, the worst thing that can happen is for there to be a wound, a puncture wound of any sort began because what happens, it begins to set up infection, it begins to deteriorate, and it begins to effectively affect their body in such a rapid way, it just brings great pain and great difficulty to the patient. God does not desire for you to sit and live in a place of great pain. I wish you could hear my heart tonight because I know this. People in this room, as well as those, but joining us by way of internet tonight, I know that some of you, you've dealt with trauma in your life, and you have a wound. Going to church doesn't just fix that. You have to let God dress it. 
Here's what happens with wounds. Inner turmoil. Here's what happens. Any of these things happen in your life. The first thing that the, that the body does and the mind does is this. I'm going to build a wall because I'm going to protect myself. Nobody's ever going to do that to me again. But you hear me. When you build walls, you're really isolating yourself. And you're not letting God in. And God says, I have the means. I have the ability and I have the desire to treat that wound and bring healing to you. But you say no. And he comes and he gently knocks. And you say no again. And he comes and he gently knocks and you say no again because the thing is this. If I open to him, then I have to deal with it. And we don't want to deal with it. Because a lot of these things makes us feel ugly. Makes us feel like we was in the wrong. and All types of things. And it's all attacks of the enemy because the enemy says I've come to steal kill and destroy and if I can keep them isolated I can keep them weak and if I keep them weak then I can control them and therefore if I can just I don't care if they're going but I just don't want them to be healed I just don't want them to be whole and that's why we see so many people like this I'm shouting today I'm quitting tomorrow I'm shouting today, it's not even worth it tomorrow. And it's not because you want to be that way, but it's because the wound is seeping, it's oozing. You think you've got it under control, but listen, I know I heard from the Lord. Listen, it's not under control. That's why we see such sporadic behavior. Do you understand that when you get infection in your body, it makes you do crazy things? I don't want to be off color, but one of the most deadly things, and the medical professional can, can correct me if I'm wrong, but especially when, you, when the ladies in the house start getting a little bit uh, older, one of the most dangerous things that a lady can have is a UTI infection. Because it will make them feel like that they have, and they will have the symptoms of dementia and everything else. Because of why? Because of a simple infection. Same thing spiritually. When wounds go untreated, and they begin to ooze, and things begin to happen, and life begins to happen. And listen, when you've been neglected, when you've felt like and you've been torn down by those around you that you thought you could trust, and when you've went through some great hardship as a childhood, listen, you can never have a healthy relationship in the present until you get this resolved. And while I appreciate, I appreciate those that have spent years studying the mind and understanding that they can do a lot of things and they're a lot of good, and I send people to those people. They're faith-based. I have no problem with that. But I'm going to tell you something. They can't heal you. They can help expose the wound. But you've got to deal with the wound. 
How do I deal with it? It's simply saying, God, I give it to you. No more do I want it. God, I give it to you. I will not let it define me. I will not let it keep me in prison. I will not let it keep me in the banner that I've always been because today I want to be free. But you don't understand, preacher. I understand. I know what some of these things feel like. I know what it is to walk through it and deal with it. I know, listen, I could tell you some stories. Oh, but you're a preacher's kid. Oh, yeah. I could tell you some stories. Listen, there is men and women all across this globe tonight that is living in complete freedom because they made a choice to give it to God. But there's people all over this globe that goes to his house week in and week out. And I even believe this, they love him. But yet they won't trust him enough to let him deal with the wound. Men have failed you. Things have happened to you that should have never happened. But tonight I come to tell you there was a cross on top of Calvary that can make every wrong right. If you'll simply trust him. As they come to the music this evening. You have to stop living a life where you think, oh, it's just covered. And you just got to start living a life where you're free. What I want you to understand tonight is this. That when he said, it is finished, the earth was dark. Everything seemed to be out of sorts. Something transpired. It wasn't in lights, but there was a veil in the temple, four inches thick, weaved together with such care that they said 12 yoke of oxen could not pull it apart. But when you read your Bible, you will say, you will hear it say, the veil was rent from the top to the bottom. When he said it was finished supernaturally, the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost of God left the heavenlies and came in a manner that it had never been since the Garden of Eden. And it rent that which separated man from the presence of God 
And for the first time, man had access to walk into a place of not just having a touch, but to experience their wounds being made whole. I wonder tonight, what's keeping you from going behind the veil? Preaching the message is it is it going to get you there? It helps get you there, but you've got to decide. Tonight, do you understand he loves you so much? that he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from all of their destructions that wound you have tonight you don't have to leave with it you see in the natural a wound when you start treating it it's a process it takes time but supernaturally He can touch you and you can be made whole in a moment. In your Bible, you will read of a story of ten leopards. Jesus is coming into the city. They simply said, have mercy on us. He turns to them and looks and he simply says this, go show yourself to the priest. And when you read your Bible, it says, as they began to go, they was all cleansed. But one of the ten, he looked down and he realized what was happening. And he was a Samaritan. And he turned and he ran and he fell at the feet of Jesus. For him, being cleansed wasn't enough. He said, I can't just settle for that. Well, I've got to come back and I've got to get into the man's presence. I'm walking in obedience to his word, but... But I, I got to come back and honor him. And when he did, he said, Wasn't there 10? And there's only you? He looked at him and told him something. He didn't tell the other nine. He simply said, This be made whole. We know this about leprosy. I'm not trying to add to the word of the Lord in any way, shape, or form, but we know this, that with the sin of leprosy or the the sickness of leprosy, not only does it spot your body, but it also can make you lose members. I don't know if this man was disfigured or not, but obviously something there in the present that Jesus saw because he looked at him and he said this, be made whole. There was nine others that was cleansed but only one was cleansed and made whole. I think I could say this tonight. There was, there was nine that received salvation, but there was only one that had his wound healed. Listen.
It's one thing to praise him here. But it's another thing to praise him when the wounds been healed. Tonight, I wonder, I wonder tonight if there's anybody in this room that would just get rid of all the fluff, get rid of all of the religious stuff we've gotten really good at and would be vulnerable enough to simply say, God, I want you to heal my wound. Because can I tell you tonight, you can continue to live in the manner that you are and you can continue to be in a place of disappointment, no happiness, no nothing, no joy. Or you can come back and you can let Jesus finish the work that he started in your life. And he can make all things new. It's up to you. As we stand all over the house this evening. I want to give you this tonight and we're going to pray three steps very quickly we have to enact first John chapter 1 verse 9 we have to allow him to cleanse the wound you say how, how do I get this wound healed in my life you're going to have to call out to Jesus concerning that James tells us do not pray and ask amiss but be specific I don't want you to tell me what your wound is I don't need to know but whatever your wound is you may have never shared it with anybody you may have tried to press it down and say I'm not dealing with it I'm not dealing with it I'm not dealing with it I don't mean any disrespect by what I'm getting ready to say, but let me speak to you very openly and honestly. How well is that working out for you? How well is that working out for you? You're here, then you're here, and then you're here, then you're here, then you're here, then you're here, and you don't like it. You don't want to be that way. I get all of that, but yet you say, I'm going to still do it. I'm going to. How well is it working for you? I understand we go through storms, but I can tell you this. I've had my share of storms. But I can tell you that because of the God that's in me, I have learned that through the storm I can still be steady. I can still be steady. But you got to let Him cleanse the wound. then you got to protect the wound Psalms 147 and 3 I gave that to you already he healeth the broken in heart and he bindeth up their wounds how, how, how do I how do I protect the wound 
notice with me, I give myself to him and let him do the work, the finished work at Calvary. But how do I keep it protected? Paul says it very clearly in Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can I tell you what God's will for your life is? He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be free. He wants you to walk with joy. He wants you to walk with peace. He's not wanting to cover your wound. He's wanting to deliver you from the wound. The price has already been paid. And freely you can have it tonight. But then you have to monitor your life. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He always tries to make a return visit. But can you say this? That when Jesus is present, he has no authority or no right. And you say, Not today, devil, not ever. Tonight, I believe the Lord is speaking to hearts in this room as well as those joining us. Don't walk out of here tonight with an open wound and continue to live a devastated life. Walk out of here tonight knowing that God loves you and that He has a plan for you. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. After church this morning, they brought little Elena, caught me right there at the front of that chair, and she had had a tooth worked on, and her jaw was so sore. Her wound, she was bruised. and She said, I want Pastor to pray for me. Such innocence, such trust in the Word. Nothing to do with me. The moment I laid hands on her and began to pray for her, she began to weep and cry by the power of the Holy Spirit. She felt His presence. I pray to God tonight that we would be so sensitive. And we would let Him touch us in that manner. Church, I can feel him in this room. Holy Spirit, move when you have your way. Something has to break. Oh, tear down every lie. Make wrong things right. If you're in this room and you say, I have a wound, I'm not going to ask you what it is. I'm going to ask you by faith to step out of your seat and come to the front of this building right now. Right now. Right now. Come. I don't care who you are. I'm here to tell you God's going to heal you tonight. God's going to heal you tonight. Right now. Come. 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 You don't want to keep living the way you're living. 
And I'm not saying you're living bad. I'm just telling you you're living all over the board. God's got some things for you. He's got some new things for you. There's others in this room that should be coming to the front of this building. The enemy's telling you, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. But I'm here to tell you, you can. Don't live with an open wound. Hear me tonight. As they begin to minister in song, this message has penetrated your heart you still have time to come to the front of this building but I need some of you men of God and women of God help me pray for these that's kneeling because God is bringing healing to them they're going to walk up and they're going to get up from this altar differently I need you to be led by the spirit of God I need you to pray with them pray for them let the Holy Spirit lead you don't be intimidated to lay your hands on the men and women of God in this room Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody, I hope that you have enjoyed your time with us today. I sincerely believe the Lord is taking his word and is touching hearts and lives in this very season. I believe that you're one of those. And we encourage you to continue to join us uh, on these platforms. But today, before we say goodbye to you, until the next time, I'd just like to take a moment and pray a blessing over you. And uh, I hope that if there's some things going on in your life that in this season, you'll simply do what the Word of the Lord says. Just trust in Him. The Bible tells us, taste and see, and you know that He'll be good. So today, I just pray blessings over you. I pray blessings over your family. And if you have yet to surrender your life to the Lord, there is no time like the present to do so. So God bless you today.